Liesl, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I love Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. How can you not? They're pretty legit. It's a great business, and it's even greater people. So local people running that business, doing great things, and and it's the home for enlightened style shades enlightened style shades i just like saying that and it does sound it sounds sounds kind of big time it does sounds very big time and look they've got they don't just do shades like almost all of your interior decorating needs they're there they can help you get them i even have pillows i have pillows on my couch from budget blinds hmm. i didn't know you had pillows yeah Throw That's pillows. amazing. I know. And who doesn't love throw pillows? Everybody loves really. throw pillows. And supporting a local business that gives back to the community is always a win. Always a win. So when you're ready to make your home the best home it can be, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Liesl and Nick sent you. Hello, and welcome back to this special edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. I say special because we're going to drop this on Friday. So that we can make sure that some information gets out before the election. This was the the opportunity we had to bring in our guests, Mayor Bill Baird, the newly minted city manager, Mark Dunning. I'm your host, Nick Parker. With me as she is every week, it's Lisa Hayes. Hello, Lee Summit. It's good to be back. I like how you yell, hello, Lee Summit. It's, it's I know, that's like, my new thing. I had to figure out what my thing was, <laughs> and now it is officially hello, Lee Summit. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, it's staying. It just feels like a game show. I like. I actually like that. Okay, that's, okay. That's, We're going to stick with it. I like it. <laughs> the well, mayor likes it, so well, uh, then it's absolutely, mayoral it's, yes, stamp mayoral vote, stamp we, of approval. I think you need, to put an, <clears throat> you need to put an emphasis on one part of it, like, is it hello, Lee Summit, or is it hello, Lee Summit? Oh. Ooh, yeah. that's tough yeah. um i think it's hello lee summit yeah, yeah? does that I work like okay that has okay. a little like almost good morning vietnam kind of feel to it <laughs> yes it does <laughs> i i have this feeling that that that, that your husband harlan's going to find you tonight with your your hairbrush in front of the mirror practicing i do practice quite a bit in front of the mirror so that works but we're not really here to talk about me no, i mean we are we are we are not uh mayor mr dunning i'm glad you guys are here because we we wanted to finally get an opportunity to talk a little bit about the ballot issue coming up. That is next week. We're we're all headed headed to the polls. There there is a a, a city question on, on the ballot. I think you know everybody's focus has been a lot on the on the school side with the school board election and that levy levy question. But we wanted to take a minute just to talk about the the city's question. And so Mark, as the as the the head honcho over there in City Hall, tell us exactly what it is that we we are being asked to vote on. Yeah, thanks for the question. I think one of the most important things that I would share is that this is a different approach that the city has taken in the past with no tax increase bond initiatives. Um, it's a longer term, a longer view of our community needs. Um, and the reason I say that is is there's, there's three questions uh, that are bundled, and I'm sure we'll get into those. But at the end of the day, if you look at those three questions, and the environments that we're trying to uh, bring enhancements and, and, and more uh, to, uh, you know, for the for the community, it, it totals up to 186 million, and that is different. Uh, if you look at the past, the city's done more of an incremental approach to no tax increase bond initiatives, anywhere between 15 to 30 million generally. Um, so. It's a different approach that's being taken here with that being 186 million. In, in, within environments that we've heard from the community uh, about priorities and we've worked with staff and with our strategic plans and with the mayor and the council on uh, everything that we've put in place, and I'm sure we can touch on this as well, but it's a different approach that's being put to the voters. Uh, not a three-year incremental, uh, no tax increase uh, like we haven't done in the past. It, it'd be more of 10 plus years to bring these initi initiatives forward in a, in a methodical and structured manner. Why did you guys decide to do it a little bit differently? What, what, what was, I guess, the thinking there of instead of doing these in small chunks, as we have most of the time in the past, let's, let's try to get, you know, voter approval to just go do this thing for a longer, what, I mean, what was the impetus there of that change of an approach? So I'll, I'll start and then maybe the mayor has something to chime in from the mayor and the council <coughs> perspective. But when we look at doing no tax increases, we take guidance from strategic plans, our citizen survey, things of that nature. And, 
it was really a multidiscipline approach between all the departments to bring forward what we felt as staff were priorities. And as we did that, we brought a list to the mayor and the council that was well over four hundred million in capital improvement type projects. You can't just you can't just stamp that, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I, I wish. No, no, no. <laughs> and then and then through that, right, we worked with the mayor and the council to, to prioritize projects. It was tough to even get to one hundred and eighty six million. Um, but, but I think there was a level of comfort and confidence in, in the ability for this community and the organization to deliver these projects, knowing what, what our strategic plans call for, having this knowledge of what is coming down the road for the city of Lee Summit and putting these things in place. So I, I think um, in many ways, I'll say this. 186 million is not scary because we could bond for well over 300 million, and we know that. And here in a few years, two or three years, we know that our debt will be paid off. And so that ability to go out for 186 million in a structured manner wouldn't all be issued at once. It'd be phased over time. And that, that allows us as an organization with our financial analysts and working with the mayor and the council to methodically move through these bond issuances in tranches and take advantage of rates when they're, when they're ideal to take advantage of. Sure. I'll, I'll just add that um, there are many issues in our community, um, let's, so let's say roads, that continue to come up before council um, needing repairs and we haven't been able to address them. And sometimes we can't even answer when we are going to address them because we don't, we can't identify the funding source for it. Um, we just tell them that, you know, in, in cities that we work with city staff and we say, well, it's, it's in our, it's on our radar and, but there's not really a plan. And this is <clears throat> something where um, we are touching every single corner of the community, every, every district, every um, part of our community has um, some projects that we're going to be working on to fix roads that have, have, have been issues for quite some time. Uh, northeast, southwest, as well as the fact that, um, you know, how do you address really, really big issues um, comprehensively? Um, this is this is one of the only ways you could do that versus trying to, you know, patch little things over, you know, a little bit at a time and buy yourself more time and you kick it down the road, kick the can down the road. This is a, a way to address this comprehensively and, you um, and put together a plan that we can then share with the community as far as the, the timeline. I feel like a, a, a hallmark of your time as mayor is that you don't want to kick things down the road. <laughs> I think you've kind of had an approach to things, though, where you're like, yeah. hey, look, I see something that needs to be done. Let's Why can't we just do it? Well, I, yeah, that's I don't know true. if I'm reading you right. Maybe I'm no, not. <laughs> I, I like to have a plan. I'm a planner. And I, um, if something comes up and we're, um, citizens aren't happy and council members are like, what are we going to do? And I want to have an answer. And this is a possible solution. Uh, yeah. This this passing this would be um, a way to address these issues. And so it's a viable one, as you heard Mr. Dunning say. Definitely. So, you know, one of the things that is really difficult, I think, when you're starting to get involved in city politics and really understanding, you know, becoming an informed voter. So talk to me like I'm a third grader and explain to me the no tax bond increase because ultimately you know as a voter i've always been like well yeah that makes total sense they're going to make improvements there's no tax increase like why wouldn't i say yes to that so can you just explain it to me in a way where it's extremely simple so maybe we start with how, how, how does the city fund the services that we provide and we do that certainly through taxes a multitude of taxes um, and when you think about how those taxes are collected and the purposes for which they're used, <clears throat> the best way I can explain it is we have an, an, an operational levy, and that's ongoing costs that we fund personnel and things of that nature through an operational levy. And what we're talking about here is a debt service levy, um, and that's a different rate, and that's something that, um, we, we, like I said, we incrementally have been going back to the voters saying, We've retired debt. Now we have capacity to issue more debt. And if we were to issue debt for these purposes, would you support that? So we're really talking about the debt service uh, side of the equation uh, in this, in city finances. <clears throat> and so here we are again, right? We've retired debt, and now we're looking for capital projects, not ongoing, not not intended to be ongoing. You don't, we don't feel it, and it's not fiscally sound to, to try to fund 
personnel through a debt service levy. That's not an ideal uh, approach to take here. So these are more capital projects that while some of them will have ongoing costs, if we think about building municipal buildings, yes, there's going to be uh, utilities and things of that nature that we'll need to, to, to fund. But to get the, the capital improvement there, this is a great way to deliver that through a no tax increase bond issue because if we can maintain the debt service levy where it's at and we have that capacity to issue more debt, um, that's why it's a no tax increase. We're not proposing to raise the debt service levy to generate more in debt service revenue um, to fund these projects. We're asking the voters to maintain it at the level it is. If, you, if there's support for these environments that we'll talk about, I'm sure, then we can do that by maintaining the debt service levy. And that's where you get the no tax increase from. I can shoot for the third grader. <laughs> the third grade, if I'm talking to a third, third I don't know about a third grader, but someone that uh, may be the really simplified, and it's not going to be perfect as far as the analogy, but if you were to um, need um, to fix uh, an air conditioner in your house and you need you know, $10,000, um, you might go get a loan and put the air conditioner in and then pay down the the air conditioner over the course of time in monthly installments and, you know, cause that's debt. Um, that's one way to handle it. And that's kind of the way we've done it in the past versus this way. We're going to, we're going to go to the bank and ask for a line of credit. That's bigger than just the $10,000 and say, um, when we need this, we're going to come and we're going to use the line of credit to take care of this and we'll pay it down as we go. And, but we'll keep that line of credit open so that we can address other issues because what happens if the $20,000 roof is next? And so you have this, you, you, you're asking for permission to have this line of credit um, because we've been responsible as a city. Uh, we pay down our debt. We, you know, it's obvious. Everything's, everything's public. So that's, the way, that's, that's a, an analogy that really simplifies it. I think that's a good That was a really good analogy. Yeah, that was really helpful. So, I, I mean, essentially it's like a home equity line, right? Of credit, essentially. And I stole that from uh, um, a comment that Council Member John Lovell said in the meeting. He's like, oh, wait, this is kind of like a line of credit. And I was like, hmm, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it's a line of credit, whether it's small or big, but this is one that's kind of, you know, more, more in line with um, something you would think along you know, those terms. Because I, because I like nerdy process stuff. What's the, I guess, the, the dynamic and the relationship as far as determining the, the number, determining the projects? Is that, is that staff kind of comes together and goes, goes to mayor and council with, with a proposal? Or is, did you guys kind of ask for things as, as the, the elected official? What's that dynamic and process like? I think first and foremost, you know, the city's AAA rated. Um, and we want to maintain that. So being mindful of that um, is one of those. And so it, 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 you can't just, working with our finances, you can't just say, well, this is the magic number in order to maintain that AAA bond rating and then bring these projects on. So it's more of an art than it is a science. Um, <clears throat> but in, in working through this, uh, there's, a, there's a level of comfort, I think, uh, while maintaining the debt serve, uh, while maintaining the AAA bond rating of the city, what also goes into the decision-making is the timing at which these projects could come on board so that we can deliver these. And then, as you, we all know, we're kind of in some very volatile times with cost for especially construction and things of that nature. So you add that to the equation and add interest rates that, that come into play. And so as we forecast this out, we feel uh, collectively we just felt that $186 million with this, you know, a number of projects to bring on board over a 10-plus year period made a lot of sense to us. The the four hundred million that uh, Mr. Denning said was, you know, the amount of projects that we could have uh, talked about. The staff narrowed it down for us first. They're the experts. They deal with this. They know the priority. They know what has to be done sooner than later, and that cannot wait. Um, so they narrow it down for us, and then let us um, let us decide. You know, in the gray areas. Um, and fortunately, uh, this one was. I don't know, it just seemed more clear, uh, cleaner lines. The, the council members really um, had great discussion, but there wasn't really anything controversial at all. They all banded together and came to consensus. Well, I, I, I get curious because I know that uh, 
whether you're talking about your home, to start with your analogy, or you're talking about you know, your perspective as the city as a whole, and now, uh, what, 105,000 plus people, I don't know what the square mileage of our... Of 66, our generally. <laughs> nice. Nerd. I think he might need to know that, just saying. But, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, like, it's got to be a little bit daunting to say, okay, I'm now going to have to prioritize all of the things that have to be done and all the things that need to be done so that we can get to our vision of the future. I mean, we just finished a whole plan for vision of the future, right? So I, I'm curious what that's like to kind of look at those lists and then the response of knowing the responsibility of prioritizing. That, that's where maybe I jump into where these projects come from, right? Um, <clears throat> we looked at our strategic plan, the community strategic plan that we worked on in 18 and 19 through COVID and, and put in place and had just tons of wonderful stakeholder input. And we talk about an engaged community. We're blessed to be in a community that wants to be informed and understand what, what it is that we're doing as a community. So that, at, in my mind, is one of the biggest things that we as staff and, and shared with the mayor and the council is our strategic plan. <clears throat> and then on the heels of that strategic plan, we did the uh, a complete overhaul of our comprehensive plan. The comprehensive plan being land use, you know, what are these areas for opportunity for new development as well as redevelopment, reinvestment in the community, and took a lot of guidance from from that comprehensive plan. And really that, I like to say, the comprehensive plan is that question of what does Lee Summit want to be when it grows up? Uh, so that's kind of what the comprehensive plan uh, sheds light on. And then I think about our, our accredited departments in public works and parks and fire department and police department. What are those accreditation processes glean? What, what do we learn from those? And then many, many strategic plans throughout our departments in the city. That feeds into this as well. And then certainly our, our capital improvements plan, our transportation master plan, those types of things lend, uh, provide a lens for what should be considered priorities. And through those, pro those are public processes. So we know what the community sectors of the community feel are important. And then lastly, we took guidance from our citizen survey, uh, the last citizen survey that we did. And it was clear that the top three priorities that the citizens felt that we should be mindful of and put resources towards was, was uh, 80% was felt that the overall quality of police services within the community were the priority. And then 74% overall quality of fire and emergency medical services. Uh, were a priority, and then the third, and these were all outliers because after you you hit this third one of 57% for overall maintenance of streets and municipal buildings, the ratings dropped to 30% or less. So these were clearly the top three priorities of this community, and we feel that the way that these projects and initiatives were packaged up and brought forward in, in questions related to uh, public safety and emergency preparedness, transportation improvements, and then general municipal and facilities line up extremely well, spot on with those top priorities uh, that we learned from the last citizen survey. <clears throat> and from a council perspective, um, I think all council members know that number one priority, because we, we've, you know, we see the surveys, we hear from the citizens, is always public safety, so we always know that that is a top priority. So what are our needs and how do we, how do we make sure that we are um, at, at our best for our citizens. Um, but when it comes to the roads, you know, it's, it's another safety issue. The council members know their streets. They've been all over the, the entire city, let alone their own district. They know where there are danger spots. They know where um, we need to um, have shoulders or curbs and, 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 and more. So um, it, it all lined up with what they were expecting as well. I, I, I know, Mark, that you, you kind of alluded to that the, the planning process, the Ignite, you know, lasted a long time because of COVID, right? Do you feel, Mayor, that maybe actually it was kind of a good thing that, that we had to lengthen that process out a oh little my. bit? I mean, I, did it get more involvement? Did it get an opportunity for more people to, to, to be a part of it? Yes, but also we have been fortunate to have a very engaged council for many years now, um, and they wanted more engagement. I mean, we engaged, 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 and did surveys and focus groups and community groups and and so much more. And then we got down to the seven critical success factors. And um, I was ready to kind of move forward with staff and, and council. And they were like, oh, hold on. We want to we want to engage the community more. And then we did uh, focus, or, you know, critical success factor groups. And we, that was a whole process of bringing more input. And it did drag it out longer. But it was for the best. It was It, it made for... Uh, higher quality. It made for greater discussions in depth. It took a while, 
Um, but sometimes the Zoom meetings that we had to go through in, in COVID did bring out more engagement. I mean, people people showed up. I, well, on, it made access easy. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's really most of what we need as a, as a citizenry, right, is just to have the access to, to be a part of process. Absolutely. And, and I think we're so good about that as a community. I mean, you all have really force that as well and not in a positive way you want citizens to be engaged you want to get their feedback and i know that's something that matters to you all so as we think about this process and all of the feedback you got when lee summit grows up i'm going to ask the two of you what are you most excited about to see this community become for me having lived here all my life i think the amount of growth that we've experienced and the, I'll say that the values that this community still holds true to itself, I, I'm excited to see us maintain that as we continue to grow. Uh, that's something we never want to lose sight of. It. It's what makes Lee Summit special. Um, we know that just reflecting on the evolution of Lee Summit, I always say Western Electric, when it came here, that was a game changer for this, for this community. And that was jobs. It was predominantly residential agricultural. Um, and I think of those sectors where we've plugged the holes in the bucket, retail sales leak, leakage with Summit Woods, Summit Fair, and all the other shopping and dining that, that have, have been brought to Lee Summit. And now we're back in that mode of how do we get more jobs here again? So back to the Western Electric days, and, and there's a strong focus on workforce development, bringing quality jobs to Lee Summit and business and all types of industry to Lee Summit to, to create a sustainable community through all those sectors. So we're not relying solely on one industry or another for the long-term health and, uh, of this community while maintaining those, those values that Lee Summit, we have that make us so special. Well, and the key word there <clears throat> to me was sustainable. Um, you know, we have the strategic plan. We have a phenomenal city government uh, administration, and that helps us be sustainable. But when you incorporate into a strategic plan collaboration, and that word is used, and you outline what collaboration means to a community and what it looks like in the strategic plan, and it means working together, let's say, with the city, with the schools, or with our community partners, and, and, it, and it specifically states that that's what we're supposed to do, then all of a sudden you have a plan that, that creates, that is a part of the culture, the culture of the collaboration in our community, where we we are said, we were told, we're, where people before us that put this together, you know, 10 years from now, they look back and they say, okay, the plan says we're supposed to be working together and it's, it's sustainable. Uh, it's the cultural side of it's, it's creating a culture. Whereas on the other side is the process side and the procedure side. And, um, that's what I'm excited about is I feel like more people are engaging. Um, and, and I think it's, it can, it continues to build. And if we do this right, um, that's what I'm excited about is to see, uh, this survive, you know, me and Mr. Dunning and all of us in the room. Can we, and, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to spend 20 minutes and go through your entire list <laughs> of things, but what are some of those highlight, I guess, projects that, that you're hoping come out of this if, if, if you get permission from the voters? So I'll try to break it down into the, the three environments, three categories. And so I'll focus first on emergency preparedness and, and public safety and, Perhaps one of the, the most uh, interesting, exciting projects is uh, what we're calling a joint operations uh, facility. And what that would entail is, is a new building uh, just to the west of the existing uh, police and courts facility. There's, there's some grass uh, just to the west of there, and that's where this facility would be envisioned to, uh, to be constructed if, if supported. And there's components of that facility that I'll, I'll, I'll walk through uh, real, real quickly. The first being um, we've had an audit done of our emergency communications uh, systems and, and how we do that. And so right now, dispatch, if you will, is it operates out of the police department. And it also we also have uh, dispatch out of the fire department. Uh, fire department dispatches for at minimum five other agencies, five or six, uh, not just Lee Summit Fire Department. And that audit told us that we needed to co-locate co those facilities. Um, and so that'd be a component of this joint operations facility is to create what we're calling a hardened facility in the lower level to co-locate our emergency dispatch centers. And they, there's benefits to doing that, um, bringing those uh, systems together. 
In addition to that, we, we need an emergency operations center type of environment. Right now, we currently use the basement of the fire department. That's not handicap accessible. It's used for multiple different purposes, not intended to be solely an emergency operations center. And if a municipality this size, many of them have those capabilities in a, in a center itself. And so we'd have dedicated space for an emergency operations center. Is there a size of city that typically that happens? Like, is that something maybe we should have thought about or worked on earlier? I mean, I just, I don't know what the comparison is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think it's tough because, you know, every municipality is different. How do you put techno- technology into play? Yeah, things fair. of that. And, and, and the, you know, not every municipality operates a fire, uh, a, a fire service too. So it's kind of a mixed bag. But generally speaking, yes, a community of this size would have um, an emergency operations center with numerous, using technology to, to know in to pull all of these data sources together to be effective, not only in, in the event of a, an emergency, but just day-to-day types of events. I think we think of downtown days, Oktoberfest, those are events that we've had over and over. Behind the scenes, there's a lot that's going on to make sure that those are safe. Uh, and, and we've and, had some weird situations. And, and, <laughs> and we have. And so when, when you think of emergency operations center, it's not just tornadoes, weather hazards, things of that nature. It's when there's something different going on in the community that can trigger the need to come together, multidiscipline approach to, to operate that emergency operations center. And I don't want to, I don't want to totally switch directions or anything, but I, but I'm curious because I was just asking about comparison and, you know, I, I think as residents, we often like say, Oh, we look over to, to Johnson County as a comparison with you and you know, mayor, you know, city, you're the city manager in city hall. What do you guys look at as a comparison city to Lee Summit? Like when you want to kind of say, hey, judge, like not really judge, but just measure where we are. What what are real comparables to Lee Summit? It's a great question. We actually visited the emergency operations centers in Olathe and Overland Park to take guidance from them and learn from them uh, to understand what would it take, ideally, what, what would be best for Lee Summit. And that's what we did. We did our homework. We're looking at best practices. And uh, we took cues from both of those facilities. We look to them in this respect to be, uh, you know, some peers that, that have done it and done it well, and we can learn from them. I would say on the, on the um, operations emergency center side that Mr. Dunning is describing, there are so many other benefits that we, I wish we could dive into in great detail. But let me just give you an example. The you know, the traffic lights department, what do you call it, that department? The, traffic uh, engineering. Traffic engineering. They, they're going to be in this facility. The cameras that they're on the, those inter, in those uh, areas where you can see accidents that happen, they're going to be working hand-in-hand with the police. Uh, the fire administration is going to be there. The dispatchers are going to be, are the dispatchers going to yes. be? Yeah, the dispatchers are all going to be there. This is, these are big issues to city council members We've and city managers. We've been, been dealing with the fact that everybody is on their, in their different um, islands in town. And yes, they work the best they can through technology. But when you're, when you're in the same facility, a lot of things can happen and um, working together and uh, it, it, there's tremendous benefits. I would say on the um, infrastructure side, as far as the roads and such, um, I'm excited to finally, you know, if this were to pass, I, we would have a plan for addressing some roads that we don't have plans for addressing that citizens are very concerned about. But secondly, there are some roads that are way bigger. You know, when we, when we develop, um, when we need to expand roads, we have a lot of bottlenecks and we all know where some of those bottlenecks are. Sometimes those bottlenecks are because you do not have arterial roads near there for people to also use. So they all have to go to the same road highway to get somewhere, and if you are able, if we're able to um, address some of these really uh, big roads, it's going to alleviate the traffic that people are starting to complain about in Lee Summit, and it's it's gonna uh, it it's gonna help greatly as far as safety as well. What are some other? Uh, give me give me two other uh, kind of key, I don't know, key, but but. Projects that, that maybe you talk about should, the airport. Should know about. Yep, I'll, I'll connect what Mayor uh, Bear just shared with the with traffic improvements, right? Road improvements, kind of back to this this joint operations uh, facility too. Th- those being connected, that's data that we can we can 
one could, if, 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 if this were successful, sit behind a computer and, and change those traffic lights, the adjustment and things of that nature. What happens today? Somebody sees a blinking red light. They call fire department. Fire department calls somebody else, and we get somebody out there to fix it. We, we can be more proactive in, 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 in those respects. Mayor mentioned uh, fire administration moving over to this facility, too. We would, we would move emergency operations, dispatch, and fire administration out of Station 1 downtown. And we'd put fire administration on the, the, the not hardened area, right? We, we want those emergency services in that, that hardened area. Fire administration and training and things could go in the other level of that building. That would create capacity then here downtown for more operations. So think of another uh, battalion running out, more operational uh, services being provided from a downtown facility. Now, whether we renovate that one or look for a new location, that's to be determined. We'd go through some studies to do that. But that makes total sense with the location where it's at. It can feed all sectors of this community and create more resiliency uh, in the services that they provide. So station one renovation or replacement is another big one connected to, to all of this. Um, in addition, then, uh, we're building a new fire station five. And so fire, fire station five at uh, Windermere and 150 would, will eventually be uh, vacated we, we have a need for a South uh, Police substation. That's something that's, that's, that's residents. That's been talked about for a long time. Yep. That's come, and so that's an opportunity to repurpose that building and have, have a greater pre police presence in the South. While you think that Can headquarters. Can I pause you real quick? We'll do, sure. What does a substation do? So a substa substation is public-facing. It's not just, um, you know, only for our, our staff. There would be the ability to, to, for folks to walk in and interact with a police services officer and, and that would man that station. Uh, there would be opportunities then for those, those officers that are in the South, should they be working cases and need to, to uh, you know, bring evidence to a, to a very secured location, they would not have to drive clear back to headquarters and, and drop that. They could do that there and stay within their district. And then there'd be community rooms types uh, of environment where Neighborhoods down there could come together in, in that facility and have community meetings and things of that. So it's not a station that would be run 24-7 like headquarters is, but it's definitely taken the resources that we're hearing from those in the, in, in the southern part of the city to their neighborhood, and we feel that would be hugely beneficial for them. Okay. Do, you have, do you have a favorite on that list? Uh, my favorite is the Joint Operations Facility. Just okay. seeing. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. J just how, uh, again, multi-disciplines coming together in the interest of public safety. And you talked previously about our ability to be engaging with the community and having real-time data to, to then share with the community and the mayor and the council during events where people, people are on edge, right? That's important to, to understand what, how can this community help us, which we're here to provide services to the community, what can the community do to help each other? That's a key part of, of emergency operations functions is communication, factual communication out to the community in, in times of need. And so I really think that's, to me, that's a, that's a big one. I would say similar, um, share the, the emergency operations center, the joint op operations center, maybe, maybe for different reasons. Um, because I'm the mayor and I can say things that are a little bit more <laughs> controversial, I guess. Um, putting, I just feel like the fire dispatch and the police dispatch should be in one building. And it's not easy. They've been they're you know, separate in di different locations for a long time. And they do things in slightly different ways. But as a citizen, doesn't it make you feel more comfortable knowing that the fire and the police dispatch are in one building together? I don't remember when this was. I mean, it was years ago. But I, but I remember actually being surprised when I learned it wasn't the same. Like I, that was a, that was a surprise to me that that it, they were routed differently depending on what your call was. It'll be an adjustment for them. I don't have to work hard for us to work things out, but I'm I believe in them. Okay, so now that we have this amazing list of improvements, and you all have kind of walked through the process of you know how we're going to get there. So if we are a voter and we are sitting here listening to this conversation, and we are like, I am a hundred percent on board to vote yes on this issue. What, what, what does one have to do? How do you vote, Mr. Mayor? How do you vote? <laughs> and what is the exact, do you know the exact question wording? Like, are we answering, we're answering so yes, three questions. correct? There are three questions. Um, the statutes require 
Um, it's a little different than the school district. School okay. district has done very similar um, comprehensive bonding like such as this where they, um, they've they done much larger, 240 or million and plus, and this is 186. So, but when they do it, they're, they're allowed to just use the funds for whatever schools they want because it's all under one big general category, whereas uh, municipalities are have different statutes and we have to have um, whatever we bond for has to be more specific to a general area. So we had to break it into three questions, one being um, infrastructure, the other being uh, public safety, and the third being facilities. So that's why we had to break it into three questions because statutes required um, us to categorize them, basically. Um, and, and, you know, it's, again, it's, if you look at the, there's lots of details. If you want to go online on the website, on our website to see what, where these streets are and which ones are going to be addressed and, uh, and more, um, there's a lot of drill down, you know, you can click and click and click and get all the details you want. And so, um, I think that, I think that, uh, you should, you know, that's what I would like to see is you can always check and see what, which area near me is affected or, you know, we, tra we all travel around all throughout the community, no matter throughout the city, no matter where we live. So all of this affects us in one way or another, no matter what's, what side of town you live in. Um, and um, there's some, some really amazing changes that would happen over the time um, with the passage of this. I li always like to remind people, you can go to cityofellis.net. It's right there on the, on the homepage. You can click. You can read the questions. Also, as voters, it's always good. Go to the Jackson County Election Board's website, J-C-E-B-M-O. Dot or, is it or, or, I wow, just, you have that memorized. I, I, I'm actually kind of impressed right like, now. It's easy to be an informed voter. Just go do it. Just go check these things out. Uh, it, it, it's it's good to know. I, I I I messed up a little bit. I probably should have had those printed out, and we could have read the three questions. But you know, it's good to give. Oh, we, we, Mr. We, Dunning wants to do it. He of course has them. You, did, were you the kid who always raised his hand in class? Uh, no. No. <laughs> well, and I will say that you know, as a, as an elected official, you want to keep this simple for the citizens. And I would love to have put them all under one question but i really would have but you, you're not statutes right <laughs> yes. you had to have the three different ones so that they so that everyone understands you know the categories and the, the questions are all very similar right shall the city of lee summit issue general obligation bonds in the amount of whatever uh, and i'll read those amounts just so we're clear on what the packages look like for the purposes of xyz so they're all going to have different environments there so for the emergency preparedness, it's it's that question will be for seventy four million for a list of projects, uh, with for those environments. So on public safety, making certain renovations and improvements to existing facilities, acquiring equipment, um, acquiring land, acquiring uh, and, and construction and furnishing these buildings, things of that nature. Uh, on the transportation side, it's ninety eight million. The amount is ninety eight million. Uh, for acquiring land and right-of-way for the improvements, constructing, reconstructing streets, roads, bridges, sidewalks throughout the city. And that's where Mayor Baird said you can go on the City of LS uh, website and see a map of all of these initiatives and projects throughout the, throughout the community. And then the third one, city facilities reinvestment. That's what, that, what, that question is $14 million in total for a variety of, of uh, reinvestment uh, projects for our municipal buildings. Uh, and again, there's a listing of those on the on the web website as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the the be informed and be easy. You know what? We say this a lot over the last six years of the show. You can contact your elected officials super easy. Email them, call them, your council member, your council representative. The mayor is accessible. I yeah. I mean, I, got, I, mean, I had an like, email. I had an email I, a few days ago from a citizen saying that um, they got the the flyer in the mail. Um, and they were concerned about, um, the acquisition of land and all the development going on. And, and I was able to respond and say, well, the acquisition of land is only at the airport for a fire station and for an eventual, um, control tower. That's the only land acquisition. And then, um, and then this is not for private development. This is for infrastructure roads, fixing roads and, and expanding um, some roads, um, and they responded very positively back. You know, I mean, it, it was pretty easy. Sometimes I can even copy, copy and paste and send this stuff. But. Well, and, and that's what's that's what's great, <coughs> I think, about and why we always talk about it. it's it's easier to affect change locally and it's to be involved because you can 
you can easily email or call your elected officials on the local level, or, or as we keep saying, you can go to the parade, and there they are. They're right. This they're is right like next to you. this is your soapbox, Nick, which I love. But no, it's good. It's good because I think it's a good reminder of you know you really can impact the community that you live in. You can get to know the decision makers, and it's just another reason why our city elections should be nonpartisan because it really is about local issues that we all care about. And so I'm just, I did your soapbox for Thank you. There you go. Thank are you. you welcome? It's true. Oh, I just said, are you, are you uh, thankful? And I am yeah. welcome. Yes. yes. I, welcome. I knew what you meant. <laughs> well, look, I have made a habit of being the guy that pokes the elected officials. And if they return my calls, they'll return yours. That's too. actually why he put me on this show, though, because he says I'm like a lot less scary than everybody else. So they're like, yeah, well, come on if Liesl's going to be there, right? I somebody be nice. Yeah, be that's nice. it. All right. That's it. I'm going to ask this question a little differently. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with you, Mark. Uh you know, coming out of all of the planning and the public input, you put together this part of it for, for the, the question to the voters. But as you look forward, what is what are one or two things that you think we're, as a city, as a community, are going to be focused on needing to talk about uh, in, in the future? Certainly continued discussion about the potential development of the 4,200 acres, right? And when I think about that as, as an opportunity, we, we know a few things. We don't want to, this community does not want to develop every square inch of that dirt. That's important. And so how do we develop that, again, as in a sustainable manner to, to plan for public needs in the sense of schools and additional fire stations and civic needs uh, as we really... Uh, that 4,200 acres could generate 38 to 40,000 per our comprehensive plan in, in people. Uh, that's like building a whole nother city and then some. And so that, that is going to be a, a, a lengthy process. It's going to occur over time, but that's where an engaged community providing input into that process is going to be key uh, in, in, in that 4,200 acres eventually developing in some shape or form. Uh, and, and doing it in a very strategic manner, uh, this is not an, uh, I think about the 4,200 acres, and it's owned by one entity, and that is very, very unique uh, because the land is assembled to master plan that property. So to me, that's going to be something in motion for years to come. That, uh, I, I think you're right. That, that is, that's one that I think is on the forefront of, if not everybody's mind, many people's minds, right, as, as, as a thing for us to talk about. So that leads me to, to you, Mr. Mayor, and the way I want to ask this question is, What's the thing in the future that maybe people don't know about that maybe isn't at the forefront of everybody's mind that that's going to be something that we're we're talking about in the future, whether it's a project, a development, or or I just kind of I'm just kind of what is what is something as you look to the future of us that maybe maybe people don't realize that they don't realize. I mean, I'm around such <clears throat> educated. I have to think to the citizen. Um, what they're surprised about, um, how big our city is. I, I hear a lot about how um, the traffic already, you know, people, you know, it's, it's, I, I get that, but, uh, and I hear people say that they don't want to develop and no more developing and, you know, we need to stop. We're, it's gigantic. We're 66 square miles. Um, we're not as dense as most of the cities around us. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of land in our community still, and I know that it's not near as much as what it used to be. Um, but as we grow, um, we're really Mark Dunning a little earlier said, "Who are we going to be when we grow up?" Well, we're we're not that little anymore. <laughs> we're we're 105,000 people, and we have to understand that when I am visiting with other cities, they're constantly looking to us as in, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? So we always look to best practices and we try to look to mature cities that are bigger than us and have done things the right way. But to be honest, I mean, in Missouri, these mayors and city council members and such, they're constantly looking at us. And so I don't know if, if everybody knows this, but we're not that little uh, bedroom community anymore we aren't but the best part about this community you know i'm bringing hallmark into this now oh, sorry Lord. it's it's that we are a larger city but we still have that hallmark christmas movie kind of feel you know it's like we have an awesome downtown we have the tree lighting we have events and so we it feels like a small community 
because we are so tight knit, because we do have so many activities and we do all have the opportunity to get to know each other. So there's my homework Christmas movie plug. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and I think the <clears throat> to add on to that is how do you how do you preserve that? How do you how do you cherish that and preserve it? And so you try to make sure that um, when we talk about growing or whatever, that it's an it's an expansion of our of our community that's that's still shares the same values that still shares the same um you know uh, culture um when we talk about yeah i can't believe you haven't asked me about the farmer's market downtown i mean it's it's about it's about an expansion of taking the the downtown where you're in that moment you're all uh mindful of holy cow this is just the most wonderful place and everybody's smiling and um, you're petting everybody's dog, and then you come around the corner of City Hall, and it just ends. Well, we're just going to expand that. We're going to expand it. We're going to welcome you and suck you down the next street like a vacuum into this this the same um, spiritual way. I mean, it's it's pretty cool, and that's what we want to do. And um, you're going to see a lot of progress on that. On that. I, I am excited about that. So that that leads to the natural question. When are we moving dirt on the on the Market Plaza development? Yes, I'll let Mr. Dunning start. I get, I'll, I'll and 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 do I do and I get how a, many do I get a miles does it take? Oh, I want do I get a shovel at the ceremony? That's really <laughs> this is about me. Do I get a shovel at the groundbreaking? <laughs> there, so things are in motion to begin. I'll call it physical activity over there on on the property, and so we're working with our remediation folks on what's the plan for the re- remediation, and believe it or not, actually developing some plans for I'll call it deconstruction. Um, it's one thing to to do demolition, but paying paying homage to the to the ice house structure. And, and strategically deconstructing that building to try to repurpose and salvage materials from that from uh, from that building. So uh, we hope that uh, we'll be fo- before the mayor and the council with that deconstruction environmental remediation uh, work here here shortly this spring is 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 the hopes there. So that physical activity will start start to take shape. Now, as far as new construction, um, that's probably at least another year out, right? Because we're, we're in that design process. We're finishing up conceptual. Uh, conceptual has been finished. We've started in on what they call schematic design. And then there's different phases that, that you go through. But along the way uh, in, the, in that design process, additional plans will be brought forward to all the stakeholders in the community. Uh, and, and that schedule will, will be built from there. So Physical activity happening uh, happening soon, for sure. And for us to get started on the farmers market and market market plaza, um, those schematic designs have to be finalized. So the big push is to have those finalized within a year, so that we can break ground on the actual farmers market and, and market plaza. You know, I think though, even just even when it's the, the deconstruction of the room, just seeing activity there is going to be exciting for people to to see that it you know. It is. I, you know, everybody has trouble remembering that, that these processes are long and they take forever, and the economic times are make it a little bit even even harder. But I think just getting things moving is going to be exciting. In in many ways, I think it helps us appreciate the amount of effort and involvement and time and money that goes into being a developer. Right, we're getting to see as a community that opportunity to to really look under the hood as to what developers go through to bring a project to fruition. We're part of that process, and, and so is the community. Many stakeholders, and, and it does take time. Uh, and, and a project of this nature, I'm, I'm really just thankful for the amount of stakeholder involvement that has been, that has been put into this project. Uh, as Mayor mentioned, this is an enhancement, an extension of our downtown, not intended to suck away any of the energy that's already here. It's to create even more energy for our downtown, and every resident stakeholder in this community has had an opportunity to to, to participate in that process. Well, Mr. Mayor, Mark, I appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of time. I know you guys have busy days uh, during the week, but thanks for dropping by and helping explain uh, the, the ballot issue to the people and also just talking about some projects. I think uh, you know our, it's, it's fun to keep seeing our community grow. And Mark, you've lived here your whole life, so you've seen a lot uh, as it's happened. I go back to, to the, the late 90s, and watch even even from that point on has been quite a change. It's been quite a growth pattern. Nick, can we add one bonus uh, question to the bonus? Yeah, do it. 
So in addition to the three no tax increase questions, there's a fourth question on the ballot that the mayor and the council has put forward, and that's on the adult recreational marijuana tax. Oh, that's right. So, uh, you know. I totally forgot about that. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I've already had to talk about marijuana in the workplace as an HR consultant. So, you know, (laughs) we're ready. Tell us, Mark, what's going on. So through that legislation, uh, the municipalities were afforded the ability to to go to the voters to impose a 3% tax on the sale of the recreational marijuana, not not the medical, the the recreational side. And so that question will be on the ballot as well, asking the voters, should there be an additional 3% uh, for the sale of adult recreational marijuana. Um, now, in working with the mayor and the council, one of the questions is, well, what if that were to pass, what would that revenue go, go towards? And that'd be towards our general revenue to continue to fund the services operational side uh, of all the services that we provide for the community and allow some flexibility and prioritization of that revenue if it were to pass. So that is the, another question that will be on there. Hope hope the uh, voters understand what that what that question entails how difficult has that been and and this goes beyond the question to the voters now but how difficult has that been to work in this new thing from the state in into all the conversations about the city and how you're going to enforce rules and you know public smoking i mean all of these things the legal department decided to prepare for it uh before the the before it even got passed. Um, and they, they saw it coming and they're like, it looks like, you know, and they basically started working on it behind the scenes. And then once it did pass, they were feverishly working on it. So, I mean, you're, you're the legal department at, at Lee summit has just been, um, taxed with a tremendous amount of work. Um, and what's remember I said earlier, a lot of the other entities in the you know, municipalities look to Lee summit while well, they were calling our legal department asking what are you guys doing how are you doing this we we can we do whatever you're doing so there was a lot of pressure on them they felt a responsibility to do this the right way um they got a lot in front of us fast because otherwise um we would have been having to you know have legal recreational marijuana sales without any city ordinances in place so the city had to act quickly and we did what are, uh, this will be the, the last question on it, but what are, again, I'm going to do comparisons. Is the tax that you're asking for, and I know you said some, some cities are copying off of, of what Lisa is doing, but, but is that comparable to what other cities are, are it's asking? The, it's, it's the amount that is maximum allowed, and um, it's what most cities are doing. And it's also, to be quite honest, the, the um, vendors, the the municipal the excuse me the organization the dispensaries they're they're expecting it to be honest um they just i think they're just happy they get to do recreational marijuana (laughs) like i don't think judging by the lines that i've seen and some of the news reports i've read about sales i don't think they are uh struggling at all yeah no they're not um i think from what i've heard that's just it's it's so very profitable that you're seeing a lot of acquisitions already and it's only been you know short amount of time well thank you both uh for coming out making yourselves accessible so you can you can talk to the people uh and and give out that kind of information i appreciate it i I appreciate you uh getting this out before the elections so that uh, citizens are informed and they can um yeah they can get the information hear the hear us speak to the issues but also know that they can go online and find out more thank you that will wrap us up for this time we'll talk to everybody next week